Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Vaping epidemic is sweeping through Queensland high schools with teens turning to e-cigarettes in growing numbers. One of the dads was trying to do something subtle at kindy pickup, and yeah. you're like, dude, it's not subtle. Mm. He uh, put his mouth into his sleeve <laughs> and then was like, puff the magic dragon. You know when people try to secretly vape? Mm. And you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> because you wouldn't be able to smoke. You're not allowed to smoke in the school ground or the kindy ground, but I guess people always think, well, vaping, it's mm. not as bad, that's with the presumption, mm. and they sort of go, I can just do a little one. Mm. Like someone else I know, Steph. Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> Does did he release it slowly? Like no, yeah. no, just, no, he's like out. No. And we're like okay, Amateur. and I was, because it seems to be like the cloud from a vape seems to be more than a cigarette. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is mm. Okay, it can be. Yeah, but I I said to one of the mum, we were both sort of like giggled, thinking, okay, cool, you've got away with it, radio. And she was saying that her kids go to a school that is an issue, they are mm. at high school, and said that all the kids are vaping. Mm. And an article came out yesterday from one of the teachers' union, I think, saying that they want to have bags checked mm. because of it. And I said, why are all the kids doing it? And she said, well, they all believe that it's completely innocent. Mm-hmm. And, like that man, <laughs> think that they can get away with it when they just have sort of a puff. But it's, I always wonder, is it such an issue because those kids wouldn't have smoked first? Mm. Like, if they just gone mm. to vaping? Because I know yourself, you were like, I don't want to smoke anymore. So mm. that was your mm-hmm. yeah, way to quit. Yeah. yeah. But then you, yeah. you vape more than you smoke. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, because they... of, is that because of the ease? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it doesn't smell and it's all that kind of thing. Um, but they shouldn't be able to buy them. Well, I guess they're buying them online. You bought mm. yours online? I guess you can buy the vape material. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, they said I, that one in, in this report, it said one in six students are receiving theirs from their parents. Really? And I wonder if that's because... Stealing them or they're giving them to them? I think they were giving to them. 13, 10, 60, if you know more, they were giving to them. They were saying that were purchased by them. Mm. Maybe because they didn't want their teenagers smoking. Maybe, because they don't have right. nicotine in them. But they're still, they're still saying they're not, they're not 100% safe. Mm. And I think that's a presumption. But then I guess that is an not interesting question. Right. Would you rather have your child caught vaping or caught smoking? Because I would rather them be caught vaping than smoking. Well, from someone who's had issues with addictions, mm. I get more concerned about anything that is an addiction. Mm. Mm. Well, they're both an addiction. That's what I meant. Yeah. So I'd prefer them to do neither. Mm. Plus, it's not the nicotine in the durries that gets you. No. That's what keeps you smoking them. Yeah, that's it's true. the inhaling of the smoke mm. and the tars and things. Mm. It hasn't been around for long enough to know if it's 100% safe. No, but they, it has been around long enough that they can guarantee it's safer than smoking. Safer. Mm. 13, 10, 60, if you're a school teacher, mm. or maybe you know more about it, and maybe you're one of the parents that did purchase it for you. Maybe. Do you plan Child. on giving up? The the vape? Oh, or? I never make plans that far ahead, but it could yeah. possibly happen. <laughs> you did when you were boxing. Why? Well, and you have it. to admit it yeah. was better. Your lungs felt better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not judging you for no, it. I mean, it's, the, diff- the difference want. for me, like with because um, when I used to smoke, yeah, I can jog, I can breathe, I don't um, wheeze in the night, I don't um, wake yeah. up coughing. I, you can notice a remarkable difference in your health. Yeah. Scary though, if you've got primary school kids. Yeah. Doing this because their lungs are not developed, uh, you know. Yeah. Then what about this for you? Because you're more experienced. At, what do you think about kids that are taking out vaping mm. purely for that rather than as an alternative to smoking? Well, uh, my argument for it would be it's an adult thing. They shouldn't be. It's it's, it's equivalent to finding them doing shots of tequila on the bottom oval. Mm. You know, it's yeah. exactly it's, it's it's an 18 year old and above thing, so they shouldn't be doing it. Do you reckon it's been sort of the PR campaign that kids do think it's 100% safe? No, I, maybe, but I think it's that thing of, it, like, cigarettes used to be nowadays. They think it's cool. They think it's, you know, a hip happening thing to do. It makes them look older, mm-hmm. so they do it. It's just this generation's pack of cigarettes. And let's not forget, you know, like they said, Alcopops, you know, cruises yeah. and that, they're, they're marketed towards mm. teenagers to start drinking. And a vape being cookies and cream or mm. watermelon flavoured, mm. you know. Like and now you've got to go to sit down. You can go, okay, you are going to vape that entire thing until the battery is flat. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us, Anonymous? Yeah, hi. Um, my daughter actually goes to high school. Mm. And they've shut down a lot of the school toilet areas because it's an issue. Oh. They still need to be able to go to the bathroom, though. How do they solve that? That is my argument. Oh. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, they've left one toilet block open for 1,500 students to use, and it is an issue at the high school. Mm. Has your daughter said anything about how they've got it? Because, like Stav was saying... Absolutely. Yeah, Snapchat. You... 
Oh, so there's people selling them on Snapchat. Yep, there are students selling them at the school. There are parents who buy them for their students. Wow. Um, and yes, it's a major issue. Mm, right. That's interesting. Well, I guess if you've got a parent who'll buy 10 of them and mm. give them and then, then, then the kid sells them on, mm. which is yep. highly illegal. And absolutely. And not only just that, my daughter has brought it to my attention that it is called hooning, not vaping. It's called what, sorry? Hooning. Hooning. Like hooning it like is. a car, you get it's the smoke? It's a tyre burn, yeah. Yeah, I, b- I believe the terminology is called, oh, um, can I have a hoon? Okay. Yeah. I have never heard that. No. If you buy them from overseas, yeah. there's no age restrictions, is there? Like, it's pretty easy to buy them. Online. I mean, they do that thing where they say, are you over 21? And you click yes, and then you, but you don't have yeah. to show it. Yeah. But, and then click all the pictures that have a taxi in it. Yeah. Oh, yep, they're 21. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> uh, another anonymous is here. Okay. Um, we're talking about vaping slash hooning. Um, you work at a school? Hi guys, um, yeah, I was recently working at a school um, mm-hmm. that allowed the, the the kids from age 12 to 18 to smoke um, and vape. Um, they're smoking drugs in the vapes, um, there's a lot going on and as long as the, the parents or caregivers give permission, the school is totally fine with letting them have smoking breaks. Really? Schools are having yep. smoko. Yeah, and it's a flexi. Sp- I won't mention. It. It's no, a don't say what it is. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and I've taken it to Queensland Health. I've taken it to the health minister, and nothing has been done about it. They just keep washing their hands and just saying, mm. "Well, we're working with the school." What do you think they're thinking? Is there if we make it um, allowed, no one know. will do it? You know, because it's not cool yeah. if it's outlawed. That sounds. Had you, very did you hear a response from them yet? Oh, yeah, it's just like a cut-and-paste email, honestly. Okay. So just wanting to hand it off to the next person and saying we're working with the school. But in the meantime, these kids are smoking drugs. Like, I in my office, they were smoking um, drugs in the vapes. Like, mm. they'd just pull out a vape if they were hiding and start, you know, smoking the vape with whatever was in it. Don't you have to, you have to be eighteen to smoke? So how can they allow a smoke exactly. break? Exactly. I guess if they're this saying is the... what I'm trying to argue with Queensland Health and the Health Minister, and they're doing nothing about it at all. Right. See, I would have thought that you have a right to confiscate mm. any items yeah. that were not allowed in the school, but maybe it hasn't been updated. Like even the school policies about vaping, but you maybe. think it would be under the category of smoking? Yeah, um, yeah. The still... school policy. The school policy states that it's a non-smoking school, and then they allow to do that, and there's a sign out the front saying no smoking, but you've got some teachers vaping like on school premises and that. So, I mean, what do you do? Mm. Right. Okay. It's very strange. Uh, Tracy in Springfield Lakes, uh, your 12-year-old son was caught with a vape? Yes. One of his brothers dubbed him in. He was charging with a homemade charger. Oh. And came to us and said that one of the kids, one of the other boys has a vape and I searched their bags in the morning. And found the vape back. Where did he get so, it from? Uh, apparently, he got it from a friend, but my laptop disappeared at the same time. So we think it was a swap. Oh, that wow. is a bad trade. So, from your point of view, Tracy, <laughs> it is a huge issue in schools. Massive. I actually went to the police. Really? And what do they say? Psycho uh, mother has went to the police. And the police actually turned up to my house at 4.30 that afternoon mm. and ballooned his friends in front of all his brothers and he smashed his vape in front of the policeman. Right. Amazing. Great. Wow. Good. I mean, I wouldn't okay. say psycho mother. I would say good mother. Yeah, yeah and it's hard. <laughs> Trace, do you support what they were saying of uh, asking for, like, bag checks to see if they can get it under control? They're not going to get it under control. There's nothing they can do about it. I, I've spoken in le- at length. The mm. police have spoken at length to the principle there's nothing they can't get on top of it is is it um, i'm just wondering if they're talking about doing bag searches is it do you need to do some sort of court order to do a bag that's what they're saying is it going to be a privacy issue but at the same time if you have it on your school policy and i guess it's hard to monitor saying that um items that are prohibited will be confiscated confiscated. because you can't go in with the knife can you no so that's 100 percent done so if you make it in the same category but you've still got people going hey back off, it's mm. not a big deal. We'd prefer our kids to be doing that than something else. Right. Wow, that's incredible. We've got so many calls that came through. Apologies we couldn't get to everyone, but it sounds like it's a huge issue. Um, we appreciate everyone who did um, join us on the show this morning. 
Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. School slang brings some of these awesome slang terms back into style. A lot of the articles you see around today are, what are your teens saying? What is this slang? What does this mean? Where does it come from? Because words and phrases get uh, invented all the time, you know, and mm. kids start saying all new stuff. They never say the same stuff we say, and then you go, oh, dude, chill. They go, oh, that's so cringe, Dad. Like, okay, I'm old. Sounds Is lit, emotional fam. damage going to stay around? Emotional damage. Emotional damage. I think so. Yeah. It's that guy from TikTok. Mm. He's so He's funny. He's, I, can't, I never know his name, but I always see him pop um, up. He's very good. Oh, my kids say it, but I don't want to repeat how they say it. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> so for those who don't know, he's a guy on TikTok. He is of age, Asian origin. And but he has he's, an accent. He, yeah, he's American, though. He doesn't have an accent. He puts that on. Mm. No, I know. Yeah. But he's but in, from there, so he's allowed not, to. I, <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite one, is uh, the sayings that Asian parents yeah. say. Mm. Stephen? Stephen He. Stephen He. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. When, when it's their generation, all the kids will go, where did that phrase originate from? And everyone will say TikTok. Yeah, um, But we have phrases that have been around for years and years and years that we just say now, and we don't actually know why we say them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got some of the famous um, origins of famous sayings that we say. You would use these, you know, at least once a day, one of them. So I'm going to test you guys, see if okay. you know the origin yep. of these ones. Do you know where the phrase bite the bullet comes from? Did you have to test the bullet to see whether it was real? No, to bite. So you bit into That's a real. It's not one of those chocolate licorice ones. <laughs> no, but you know when you're like, oh, what's the quality of that one? Uh, no. Bite the bullet, no. My guess is mm. on the battlefield when they were doing, like, you know, surgeries Surgery, and guys to removing, they go, he bite on this while I do something that's going to hurt. Correct. That's bite right. The they would bite down on an actual bullet. Yes. Now they actually put it. They call it a bullet, but they put a bit in your mouth. Yeah. Mm. So you don't so what does that do? You say toughen up. Well, no, actually, so you don't scream or no, you can but actually... when do you use that in every day? Oh, today? it's like, oh, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and go to that wedding. Or I'm going to have to bite the bullet and get him a pony. Oh, the people so, on the battlefields yeah. will be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bite a bullet and open another bottle uh, of champagne. Oh, oh. Going, to, going to a family wedding is like going to battle sometimes. <laughs> What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Ooh. That one I don't know. Cat Can got we your say tongue. that all the time? Yeah. Cat got your tongue. Mm. He can't speak up. No idea. Okay. Well, this is a bit of a weird one. But back in the day, the ancient Egyptians used to cut out the tongues of people and feed it into cats. Oh. As a punishment Mm. or... Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, the cats hated tongue. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cats were quite... Like, cats used to be cured and buried with their owners for the royal. Yeah, well, Egyptians held the cats up very high. Yeah. 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 That's what whiskers is still made out of. That's why they're so arrogant. (laughs) Now with 99% more tongue. It probably Mm. is if you look into it. Well, there'd be tongue in there, yeah. yeah. Have you ever had ox tongue? I love ox tongue. Do you? I do. I used to eat it as a kid and I just thought it was called tongue and then I found out it is actually tongue, but by then I liked it. Mm. How How do they cook it? Like, they fry it? That normally boil it. Yeah, and it's good in sandwiches. Just because they're like so good beef. for you. Yeah, right. Mm. It's like what GP always said to you know, make sure you give the kids like um, liver and stuff like that because they don't know any difference. But I was like, I've got to cook it. Oh yeah, uh, barking up the wrong tree. Uh, barking up the wrong tree. You got an idiot dog barking at a cat in a tree, but close. it's barking at the wrong one. So well, you're like, you're, you're an idiot. You're or? close. You're close. Then what do they use dogs for? Especially in old timey Englandy. For people hunt, who run hunt, away hunting. Hunting. So <laughs> if the animal escaped up a tree but the dog was barking up oh there's a fox up there, there's a fox up there and they're like, Idiot, it's over in that tree. Barking up the wrong tree. There you go. Fox in the tree. Um, bury the hatchet. When you're gonna put uh, argument to bed, you bury the hatchet. Do we know why we say bury the hatchet? No. Why did they no. bury hatchets? That's correct. So, yeah, but um, why did they? Well, they were the weapon of the um, First, Na- First Nation of America, the um, Native Americans, and when they came to a peace accord with another tribe, they would, sh- they would actually literally bury, bury a, a hatchet. So oh. they go, we're not going to use our hatchets against you, oh. you're not going to use your hatchets against us, we may as well bury them. And someone goes and gets them in gets the middle of the Gets all the hatchets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got no hatchets, he's got all the hatchets, <laughs> like, I'm the chief now. <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree. This is my favourite. I'll finish okay. this. This is my absolute favourite, and I've, I knew this one before this popped up. Um, steal your thunder. You might know this one because it does. It, it involves the theatrical world. Steal my thunder. Mm. Is is it metaphorical for the applause is the thunder? 
Now, well, so, they used to have sound effects back in the day yeah. on mm-hmm. stage in Shakespearean time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, my, a little bit older than Shakespearean, but yes, you're correct. But um, someone invented the... They would do... Yeah, they would shake a... And he went to see another play. The dude that did that, he went to see another play. Someone else was doing it. He went, you stole my thunder, mate. That's not... It's 100% true. 100% true. Someone else used his technology after seeing his play without asking him, and he's like, you can't, you're stealing my thunder. He didn't copyright it. (laughs) He became a children's performer and is now in um, prison. (laughs) That is a niche reference, but I like it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Uh, I'm a female, therefore I love true crime. It's in our DNA, and this is what's so interesting about this DNA. And... It's a long shot. It's a long shot that we're going to get someone. Hmm. But has DNA testing changed something that you've known? So whether you found out who your true parent was? Bugger me, I'm guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you're calling from jail, all right. I said it was a long shot, (laughs) okay? But I just, what I'm saying is this is a fascinating case because this has been Australia's uh, unsolved mystery for so many years. You're biased. Why? Because it is a South Australian mystery. No, it's I very love them famous. from all over Australia. I know, I know, but this, yes. I love Death them from anywhere. everywhere. <laughs> okay, well. It's more fun in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many, a couple of murders, you know. Yeah, yeah, Can't help it. But do. this one, you even knew about it. 75 years ago, there was a man. Mm. They called him the Summerton Man because he was found on Summerton Beach. He was found propped up on a seawall bed. He had an unsmoked cigarette laying on his chest. His hair was perfect. And he had a double-breasted, very rich double-breasted suit that was mm. perfect. And in it, he had a little note as well. And it was in a different language. It was in Persian. And it said, finished. Mm. Anyway, no one could ever solve it. No, no one, one ever who knew he who he was. There was no identification. And now they took up the body, exhumed. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. Last year, and they've done further DNA testing. And a professor from the university has done this DNA testing and has found uh, three cousins removed on his mother's side, built a family tree from the DNA, and has discovered who he is. Carl Webb. Carl Webb, his name is, and Mm. he was an electrical engineer. I mean, they still don't know who's done it, but I just find that fascinating. Surely he'd done it himself if he's got a note on saying finished. Well, wouldn't the murderer put it in his pocket? Or like some sort of Batman villain. No, but he had, like, poison in his body. Oh, okay. And he had a suitcase that was further off, and mm. someone had cut off all the labels. Oh, hang on. Nancy Drew's on the case. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've still got a lot to do on this case. <laughs> <laughs> but I def- you think about it where so much of this would never be discovered because they didn't have the technology. You know, mm. people think they've got away yeah. with a crime so many oh, years, oh, oh. but they they must have a big, big room where they keep all this DNA. Yeah. What about the the opposite? Um, all the people that are in jail for crimes that they didn't commit, then DNA gets yes. gets them out. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And it's just where they got the DNA, but they'd still have like the hammer with the blood on it, or you know, like the evidence would have DNA on all it. All right, Cluedo. Yeah, it was Mr. Mustard. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, if you think about it, like mm. Ancestry.com has a lot to answer for. Well, <laughs> maybe that is just like someone at the government, like one day went, Let's just start up a company, and rather than try and go to courts and get all these subpoenas to get DNA, they will just give what? it to us. Well, we yeah. did, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly. You and I did. And I always think, like, when I did it, am I going to discover that my dad's not my dad? Yeah. Did you not hand yours over? Uh, yeah, no idea. I was going to say, in America, they, oh. uh, some of the companies got in trouble because they would sell your information to um, health insurance companies. Oh, that's bad. Well, who owns Ancestry.com? Uh, I think I thought China. it was a Chinese. No, I think it was a Chinese <laughs> company. Uh, huh. nah, of course. But it doesn't matter. It still gives you sweet family tree. Who cares? Well, yeah. they didn't find anything on me. That's mm. right. Yours came back inconclusive, didn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should do it again. I killed that guy and swapped his life. <laughs> <laughs> when he gave you fingerprint, you shouldn't have burnt it off first. <laughs> so China's got... Our TikTok well, let login. Me, no, let me just check. Let's, let me just let's check. not go saying Ancestry.com is yeah, the subsidiary no, we don't of the Chinese that. government. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. but you for sure. No, 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 no. no, no. All so, my facts have no truth. <laughs> <laughs> so thirteen ten sixty. what we're asking here, um, did you learn something about your family or did something get revealed through DNA? Mm. I'm guessing a lot of people would do it through Ancestry.com. When you're yeah. going to do it and then you work out, wait a minute, the I'm DNA I'm not related that to Ned Kelly. <laughs> But you might learn about affairs <laughs> in the family. Mm. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do when they did uh, testing. So if you have a family member that needs an organ or needs yeah. something, they all go and do testing and then realise that there was absolutely no match and 
They're not related. They're not related. Mm. Wow. It's a long shot, like I said. I mean, you know, if you found DNA, solved a crime, call us. Uh, <laughs> call the police first and or, then call or us. Or made dinosaurs. It's one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, you can remain anonymous if it's a quite a juicy secret in mm. the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we love a good anonymous call. But 131060, um, did DNA mm. reveal a story in your family? Okay, Nicole and Scarborough, what have you discovered in DNA mm. discovery? Fantastic, Stav. Good morning, guys. Well, it actually wasn't me. It was a cousin. I, one of those second cousins of a second cousin that actually located his family. Never knew who he was, his mother was. He's around 70. Was a ward of the state. So he actually found all his cousins. Right. So his wife thought, what a wonderful idea. So she actually did it and discovered her father wasn't her father. Oh. And instantly her siblings, her sisters, disowned her. Because she wasn't actually their full sister. Correct. And she always wondered why she, I guess, looks slightly different, taller, mm. lighter hair. She's actually got Nordic background. Right. So he discovered a family and she, she sort of lost hers. Lost hers. Lost hers. Wow. Yeah. Bringing family trees together or I not. I know. I'm afraid to actually do it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but they yeah. still have the same mother. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, same mother. Yeah, mm. exactly. Exactly. So she's obviously a couple of years older than the sisters. They've just been but waiting anyway. for an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. That's fascinating, isn't it? Wow. I guess if you don't want to share the inheritance, find yeah. any reason. Yeah, good mm. point. Oh, we do have an anonymous caller that Maddie asked for. Uh, what's your story, anonymous? Um, my ex-husband, um, he he's part of a really large family, and um, one of his siblings got um, some DNA testing done and found out they had a really specific, um, they actually had a, a, a big uh, part of Aboriginal in their Ancestry, so mm-hmm. my um, kids were really excited, and they got theirs done. They don't have any, so it means that their um, dad and his sibling only share one parent. And they didn't know that previously. No, 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 no. I've never actually mentioned it to him because it's my ex-husband. And I don't actually like him, but um, <laughs> yeah. But but my kids don't have anything. In fact, they're Scandinavian. Right. So wow. Right. Yeah. So so if but if he has. They're saying that the sibling does, so they would oh, have a different si- dad. Right. That's what now they've I just discovered. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Because wow. the kids were excited. They wanted to follow yeah. the family tree, and they don't. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. And you haven't told him this? No, oh, it's ex-husband. No. He doesn't, she doesn't <laughs> no. need DNA to know that she doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> find that on his own. <laughs> yeah. Is that what his it stands for? Do not approve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I love it. You're not anonymous because of the story. You're anonymous because you don't want him to find out. Yep. <laughs> Sam in Green Bank, what did you discover through DNA? Hey, guys. Um, so my mum is actually constructing um, a family tree on Ancestry. Uh-huh. Um, and has recently found out that... So you know Granny Smith, like Granny Smith apples? Yeah. Um, so Granny Smith was actually a real person, and she was an orchidist who cultivated the green apple. Mm. Um, and she's actually my fifth-removed great-grandmother. Wow. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Didn't get that's uh, that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I would have shaken you to the core. Can we do it again? Can we do an update? We mm. haven't done it for a while. Yeah, just to see if there's new... anything's changed. Yeah, yeah. You might. They they did say mm. when they're sending it through, it might just be marketing, but new technology can oh, wow. discover more now. So you might actually have a family. That'd be so nice. <laughs> can stop my crime fighting ways. <laughs> <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. It is sad. Tomorrow night is the big night. There's going to be a 90-minute special mm-hmm. for Neighbours, their last one. And Maddie was just saying that it's going to be on Channel 10 as well. Yeah. Because you know it's on Peach. Yeah. Yeah, but they're going to do Channel 10. Yeah, right. At 7.30 as mm. well. It's a new time. I reckon the ratings are going to go through the roof. Of You've got Delta yeah. Goodrum that's come back for it. Kylie Minogue. Kylie and Jason. Jason, oh yes. God. They don't look like they've aged when they took the photos. They mm. honestly don't. Um, and also Margot Robbie. Apparently mm-hmm. she's going to be on Zoom because at the moment she's filming over in the States. Barbie. Barbie. She's mm. filming the Barbie. Jesse Spencer, we were saying, do you know he went on to do House? Yes, he did do House, yes. So, so many big names are going to come back. It's going to be interesting what they do yeah. if we were trying to work out whether they're going to... Blow it up. <laughs> we know someone who was on there. I wonder if, I wonder hey, if they're going to invited back to all the cast members. Yeah, she's going to zoom in. I was mm. wondering that. I was like, do I get invited for an after, like for a party? 
And then you realise how many people have done cameos or walk-ons. Because you were... How long ago were you on there? About four years. I think it was longer. Maybe five? Yeah, Osher was with us. Was he? Yes, because I remember after I did it, I went and did a tour of the Bachelor Mansion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that was was actually... Oh, that's six years ago, was it? Yeah. Mm. Time flies on Ramsey Street, I tell you what. (laughs) Well, but I I was blown away when I... Because they asked me to play myself, but I was a town judge. So I had to go around all these judges, uh, towns, and judge them. Yeah. Uh, So I got to do scenes with a lot of the great ones. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, like a tidiest town judge. Yeah, yeah. So I was in the scene with um, Toadie, mm-hmm. and the first scene that we had to do, because it is awesome, like it's a well-oiled machine, and I had to go through this hospital, and I was like, oh my God, this is not a real hospital, and people were looking at me like, what? <laughs> but when you when you drive through, like the set is just, it's such a huge, huge place. You've yeah. been there. I've been there a few times. That you realise it's not a real river, even mm. though it is, but mm. it's a set. Mm. And all these different brooms are actual buildings but so it's just a set. Are you talking about the the little pond thing at the front of Lasseter's? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's all. That's all fake. It, it still, well, it blows your mind, well, doesn't it? Well, it's real, but I'm saying it's it's unbelievable because it actually just looks like you are going through real streets. And when mm. you there's something very strange about walking into a door that you have seen a million times before, and then it's an office where when they walk in the door, it's Lasseter's and it's a bar and a yeah. cafe, but they obviously shoot that in a, on an internal soundstage one. So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's because what you've imagined 100%. is not Like not when you go, to, you go to the Seinfeld cafe uh, and it doesn't look anything like it does on the inside because they yeah. don't obviously shoot inside mm. the cafe that they, they say is a Seinfeld cafe. So. I was trying to not be weird, like, oh, yeah, cool, this, I know mm. this, but every time I was going through something, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> This is this is unbelievable. Mm. And the first thing I did was with Alan Fletcher, Fletcher who's Dr. Carl. Dr. Carl. Mm. And I had to drive in the car and it was all set up, you know, it's like action, all right, let's go. So go through rehearsal, then you do the scene, get out of the car, and I say, Hi, I'm Abby. Mm. And he's supposed to say, I'm Dr. Carl. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hello, Alan Fletcher. <laughs> and everyone goes, cut. And I was like, what are you doing? Because I'm so sorry. I've just come back from holidays. He was blown away and by Susan your And Susan was like, oh, here we go. A blonde on set and you can't think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of the blue box for you tonight, Dr. Carl. So then we had to go back and, yeah, do it all again. <laughs> right. And how many takes did you have to do? Because you know how in TV sometimes for a 10-second bit they film for an hour. Yeah. You'll be surprised because they go through it so quickly it that really for some of them that was only, it was the setup mm. was longer. Okay. you got to right. think they've been doing it for so long. They know what they're doing now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it mean, normally if you weren't there, if they, he'd have called himself Alan, they go, it's in the cameras for Ron with the yeah, let's go with it. No one could know. It was so cold though filming in Melbourne, and of course it seems like it's summer all year round, so mm. no one wears the big jackets. Mm. So they came out and they were like, Your lips are a bit blue, do you want to have the pack? So all the girls there had the heat packs where you crack them open, you stick them on your back mm. and everywhere to keep warm. Oh, so great. That's all the summer scenes. Mm. And and so is all the cast isn't there. At, if, on the one day, you're shooting you there. So they, yeah, they don't get like every single cast member go all turn. There up. are some cast members that have never met the others. Yeah, which wow. I found that really strange because they had like the makeup um, uh, area and the hallway where they had all the makeup was actually the school mm. scene, and then they had a big room where all the actors that were needed for that day were just hanging out. Some of them, especially the young people, were filming videos, Instagram mm-hmm. videos, yep. and they were planning for different auditions. Mm. Wow. So they openly talk about their next step in their career. Mm. Yeah, because they were allowed to do, you know, if they weren't needed, they were allowed yeah. to do different auditions. Yeah. yeah. It's also in the middle of nowhere. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Like, you've got to be committed What are they going to do with the set then? Is it going to be made into development? Oh, that whole area? Yeah. it is a huge acreage of property that they've got. I wonder who I owns know. it. Yeah, it's a good point. And then the people on the street finally get their house back because they can't do any renovations or put up Christmas lights or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, true. Maybe it'll come to like Dreamworld or Movie World as like a, an exhibit oh, yeah. where you can go and visit the mm. sets or something. That would be cool. Yeah. People pay good money for that. Um, well, or that they could just turn it into Neighbors World. Yeah. <laughs> put in a roller coaster. <laughs> Look at the Neighbors World. Uh, well, we are going to play Alpha Bucks next. So 13, 10, 60, if you want to win $10,000, but I think we need to play. You're, you on Neighbours. The moment. It's yeah. pretty quick. Here we go. Uh, the moment Abby played Abby on Neighbours. We decided. <laughs> what about the perfect blend? Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Right? 
Well, you are the last suburb on the list, so the results are going to be communicated tomorrow. Thank you, Abby. Yeah, that's Abby. Uh, we'll talk. Yeah. Oh! Yes! Where did you um? Where did you put the logie? Amazing. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Mutiny within the Manly Sea Eagles over the club's decision to wear pride jerseys. Several players, seven in fact, now refusing to play. Absolutely no one is the winner from the the Manly Sea Eagles. Mm. Debacle is what it is. And them coming out and having to apologise at a press conference to basically everyone. Everybody. They did. They had to apologise because it was supposed to be the women's round and they're like, we've taken the shine off that. We apologise to people that were offended that they don't wear the pride jersey. Mm -hmm. We're sorry that it was supposed to be an inclusive thing and now it's ostracised so many players. And it, they don't come off well. No. The, the ones that are saying we don't want to participate because they're wearing the Pride mm-hmm. jersey. I probably would have checked that there was a bit of Pride around before you <sighs> wanted to display your Pride. Yeah. Thirteen ten sixty, if you want to weigh in on it as well. Because uh, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? If they'd have sat the players down and gone, hey, we want you to wear this jersey without saying anything to the mm. public, and then they all go no, and they go, well, we won't do it then. Yeah. I mean, that's there's still an issue within the club, but at least it's not. Well, they're saying that... The NRL have been under pressure for many years to do a Pride round because mm. the AFL's done it since 2015. Mm. And I don't know if that was met with any issues. It started off as just as one team. Yeah, not uh, Like City Swans and Fremantle did a round and then the next year they sort of introduced it to everyone. Yeah. Mm. No, there's never been one in, in rugby league. Yeah, and a lot of the, the, the players are saying that culturally and religious, it doesn't in line with their values. Yeah. And I think that that's so hurtful for people that are growing up saying, well, wait a minute, I'm not accepted Mm. because of my sexuality. Mm -hmm. But it's also really offensive for maybe them and their family to say, well, I can't play because of my Mm -hmm. views as well. Mm. No one is the winner. No. It's a weird one because my sister is gay, Mm. married to a woman, pregnant with a baby. And, you know, I obviously have spoken before about going to church and being Christian. But I managed to, and many people managed to not care about other people's sexuality. Mm. Like, I've, I've never met someone in church or anywhere and said, oh, what sexual orientation are you? Mm. You know? Yeah. Would mm. your sister be offended by it? Or she's not into NRL? She... Like, I just wonder if it is, you know, there's so many people that are now offended on behalf of other people. Mm. I'd like to hear from someone that goes, it's so hurtful being such a true manly yeah. supporter mm-hmm. and them saying that they don't want to wear something that is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know for sure. It would upset her. I don't think she'd let it get to her. Mm. But, mm. but you, don't, you know, like, none of us in here are homosexual, so we, don't, we can't mm. discuss, like, we would know how people feel. Hey, Byron wants to join this conversation. Mm. Byron, what do you think about this fracas? Oh, I think it's like, it's all about pro-choice on what you want to do. Like, if you don't want to wear something, you can't be forced to wear it. It's like it's like having a girlfriend, you tell her what to wear and what not to wear. It's like, she's going to look at you and be like, what? No, I'm not wearing that. Like, mm. And it's got nothing to do with, like, you know, what you believe or anything. It's just like, everything should be just pro-choice. Shouldn't be forced to, you know, wear what people tell you to wear and then... When you want to like be somebody and like express yourself, everyone goes, "Oh no, you can't do that in this day and age." It's but like, then, what but, about but, if it was supposed to be? Because it was supposed to be inclusive, though, Brian. That's what it was supposed to mm. be. Um, I'm, I'm just a painter. What's inclusive mean? Sorry, <laughs> I'm a bit uneducated. No, you're not. You're not just a painter. Everyone mate. gets involved. Yeah, every everyone you know, every, everyone everyone's opinions are, are valid. But you know, every day we set aside things that we think in settings to keep peace within groups. We do it in workplaces. Well, and also if you think about it, Byron, to a lesser degree, they are forced. They're forced to wear the strip every... They can't go out on the field without wearing the manly jersey. So they're already told to wear a jersey. That's mm. a good point. You know. Great point. Yeah. The other one that's getting bandied around is, uh, I think, what Michaela is about to bring up from Mango Hill. Uh, Michaela, what do you think about the manly fracar? Yeah, well, like like it says in the Bible, same-sex marriage may be frowned upon, but so is gambling, yet they still wear a sports bet or gambling sign on their jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's an int- it, it's a really interesting debate because I understand that people are strong in their views and I, look, I'm jealous because I'm so wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I don't have strong values <laughs> in anything. Yeah. Um, but, but then it, it's the same as that, that I know that a lot of my friends that are religious are uh, sort of... W- 
we don't do any of that, if that makes any sense, and they stick yeah. to their values. Yeah, well, so I get what you're saying. It's like, well, you can't take the money from the gambling if that's also against your religion. Mm. Well, that's it. So like, they're happy to wear one thing, but because the boys do the rest, they're happy to wear one. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the point. If they're going to, like, really push their beliefs, then they shouldn't be wearing the normal jersey anyway. Mm. That is an interesting well, then they one. wouldn't get paid. No. <laughs> Do you reckon that's the difference? If you got paid to wear the Pride jersey, yeah. then it would be like, well, it, it was quite shocking when they went down to the lower, like people could debut for the team and they went, no, I'm not going to do it either. Like that was shocking to me. Was yeah. that because they have the same values mm. or is that because they didn't want to debut under such circumstances? Well, they didn't say who they were. No. no. I, I don't know for sure, but it would really, it kind of taints your celebration of playing your first NRL game, isn't it? Mm. Doesn't it? Still, if you went on the pitch and you did so well and impressed yeah. people. Oh, yeah, exactly. It. It, was, it was the rainbows on the jersey. I want to wear them every week. <laughs> Ryan and Epswich, it's what everyone's talking about. What do you think about what's happening at the Manly Sea Eagles at the moment? Oh, look, I'm um, quite a Manly fan myself, and the way I see it this week is there's seven blokes that are going to, like, pretty much we're going to get pumped this week, or where the other boys are getting the opportunity to win, get, a, get on the field, get a good win, because it is what it is. I don't mind the jersey. I actually like it. Yeah, right. But, yeah. yeah, it's just people's opinion, isn't it, and their, their beliefs. Mm. But it's I don't believe the boys that get their opportunity this week play good and play hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, a lot more people viewing the game than normal, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, you'd think so. But, you know, being a massive manly supporter, it's, it's been tough seeing all those players out. Because we're in that, like, top eight sort of region, and we're going to lose this week. And, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit tough, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, mate. Thank you so much for your call. Really appreciate it. Everyone going to the game should go and drag. Well, that's going one. Okay, yep. Is that too far? No, no. But, I mean, you could just wear the pride <laughs> flag. Do what you want. Yeah. Do, but right. that's, that's what we're saying, is that do whatever you want, guys. <laughs> I think we know Stab just wants to wax some heels on, get to the Any game. Excuse. Like, I need a reason. <laughs> Stab, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Prices rose on average by 13%. Brisbane's booming property market. But in some areas, they soared by more than 20%. Mm. A lot of things seem doom and gloom at the moment. Everything. With interest rates going up, inflation still at a record high, uh, there's rental crisis, and I just thought maybe there's something positive that can come about what's happening at the moment. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, Lloyd Edge, who's the Director of Australian Property Professionals. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Give us something positive. What can? Is this a good time for first home buyers? Well, it absolutely is. And what we've seen over the last year or two is absolute booming markets, and particularly in Brisbane, where there was just so much FOMO, so much uh, uh, overpaying of markets and everything. And now things have started to come the other way. Uh, the auction clearance rates are dropping. Yeah. Uh, prices started to come back. Uh, there's less less demand for a lot of properties there. Great chance for first home buyers to to jump in, um, make themselves acquainted with a lot of the agency, let them know what they're looking for. And I think it's a, you know, it's a great time for people to get in and uh, you know, see if they can get a bit of a bargain. Will it be harder for people to get a loan, though, because the interest rates are higher? Yeah, so that, that, that's a bit of an issue there. But uh, the thing is that when interest rates do go up, uh, it does affect your serviceability a little bit. So that's why it's really important to be working with uh, a mortgage broker uh, or, or your bank there just to, to assess that. And then when you're looking for your, your home, just always be looking, uh, be conservative and just be buying, uh, you know, a, under what your capacity is, because if the interest rates do go up, you know, a month later you might have slightly lower capacity than what you you thought you did originally. So you just need to be conservative from that point. I like one of your mantras is that uh, no one ever got ahead by waiting. So would you say, regardless of what's happening, that you could always time to get into the property market? Yeah, absolutely. I actually wrote um, my my latest book, Buy Now, is is all about that. It's about uh, you know no one really ever got ahead by waiting, so it's always a good time to buy. Uh, and that really comes down to having the right strategy, knowing what you want, uh, getting your finances in place, having a budget there, and uh, and really understanding what the, the markets are doing and, and, and also the type of property you're looking for. So sometimes people have you know, champagne taste of milk money. So what, what I always look at is uh, maybe, you know, be a little bit more conservative with, with uh, my expectations for my first property, for example, mm. and get something um, that's a little bit more affordable. And there's some really good options there, and that can get you onto the property ladder, and then you can, uh, you know, you can grow from there. You know, no one likes taking advice from someone who got gifted money from their parents, <laughs> you know? Like, that's everyone always presumes, that, oh, it's easy for you. But mm. for your first property, Lloyd, like, what were you doing? 
doing in your job when you bought your first property and what was it? Yeah, so I was a music teacher in my first job and um, I was actually self-employed. So I, I got a loan the hard way. That uh, is probably the hardest way to get a loan. Uh, so um, I, was, I was on a reasonably low income and, uh, yeah, and I, I basically saved uh, for quite a few years to, to get that 20% deposit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting onto that ladder uh, then helped me to really move forward because then uh, I was creating equity in the properties as they went up in value. I could then leverage off that to get into another property and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to buy that, uh, that first property and also, uh, you know, get a good property in a good location, and then you can leverage off that to sort of build a, a portfolio moving forward as well. As a uh, real estate agent, like, is there a handbook or where do you learn all the sweet terms that you guys have, like renovators delight and motivated sellers and things like that? Like, do you, do you have, like, a, a marketing team who helps you toss glitter on some of the undesirable properties? Well, that's it. I guess from that point though, I'm I'm the opposite to a real estate agent. He's I'm actually a buyer's, buyer's agent. agent. Buy. That's what I want to do. So you right. buy for other people. You spend other people's money. Right. So fun. Well, that's right. Yeah. So I I go out there and spend other people's money, but I look at um some some of those ads that are renovators delights and 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 then sort of yeah pick the property apart. And I'll be the one that's sort of arguing with the real estate agent, saying it's not worth this much. It's not worth what you're trying to sell it for. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll give you this much, and I'll try to negotiate negotiate it down to as best value that I can get it for, you know, for my clients. Rustic charm. Rustic charm. You know what's been interesting is the last year, call a real estate agent and ask about a property and sometimes they'll get back to you or not. And now it's like it's changed, you know, mm. and all the real estates are like, hey, I just want to know what you're interested in. You're yeah. like, where were you last year? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. When the market's really booming, properties just, they literally just sell themselves. They just walk off the shelf mm. and you can make an inquiry and uh, they won't even get back to you because the property will just sell. But when the market slows down, then the agents are actually calling you, uh, yeah. just saying, "Oh, do you want to buy a property?" Uh, I noticed a year ago you were on our database. Mm. Have you found a property yet? Yeah, we've got one for you. And, and I keep ringing. So it's amazing uh, how things turn from that yeah. point. And even myself as a buyer's agent, I, I get a lot of off-market opportunities from the contacts that I've got. Uh, with the real estate agents that I know. But when the market slows down, we get even more of those because they feel that they can't sell those properties mm. to uh, you know, to people in general because there's not enough buyers around. So they're contacting buyers agents to say, oh, have you got a buyer? You must have a buyer for this property and, and so on. So, yeah, they, it gets crazy at, at times like this. Well, Lloyd Edge, you are the Director of Australian Property Professionals. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Abby, you always fancied yourself to be a princess. You'd love to be a princess. No, well, no, I used to think I was a secret princess. <laughs> how, how are you a secret princess? Well, I thought that everyone around me, like my mum and dad weren't my real mum. They just wanted me to grow up and live a normal life. Like Anne Hathaway? Yeah, kind of like princess that. Diaries. Watching Truman Show, I was like, that was me. Mm. I said that out loud, didn't I? Yeah. I don't Hang know. on a second, what was the age you thought that? Uh, I would have been probably around 31? about... 31? <laughs> maybe about seven. Oh, that's, that's fine. 37? Didn't you used fine. to live in some sort of, of imaginary world? Still do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You believe that you've got the force. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't? I used to imagine at seven that I was a secret agent and there yeah. was going to be like terrorists take over my school and I would save it. Yes, yeah. like that. That brilliant. Yeah, I had that one too. <laughs> uh, but if you were going to be a princess, what you need to know is etiquette. And obviously... Oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this this woman, she's uh, Lucy Challenger. She is a etiquette expert uh, in the UK because the UK is a little bit different to Australia when it comes to etiquette. They actually we have royals. Yeah, we don't really have the etiquette of oh how to drink your tea properly with no, your pinky convicts. out and all that kind of thing. Yeah, we're, we're not as posh, and this is obviously a lot of people in Britain aren't as posh as the posh people. But there are standards that if you go to certain places, things have to be done the correct way. You see it on Downton Abbey; they freak out if the coffee cup's in the wrong spot when mm. someone's coming to visit the manor. You know. Um, and this is very, very important information because Lucy Challenger went on TikTok. She's got 10 million likes for this video, Maddie. So you might want to take some notes um, because she is teaching you the etiquette, the correct, proper British way to eat a Kit Kat. Well, there's a proper way to eat a Kit Kat. <laughs> Don't you just eat it in private there in your car a... while crying or maybe just secretly in the cupboard oh, while the kids are going... You've seen the video. Are you eating so? You're... <laughs> Snap. Mm. 
Yeah, well, yes, but then how how to do that in a formal environment and not... If you ever want to annoy anyone, yeah. get a Kit Kat. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Mm. And just turn it on its side no. and just bite into it and don't break it. Mm. And it just it irritates people. You're a psychopath. Mm. Hmm. Sounds like getting a sausage roll and eating the middle of it. Yeah, you know that's you don't do that. No. Who was the politician that ate the sausage the wrong way? Bill Shorten. Bill Shorten. Yeah. The, 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 the bunning sausage, and he ate it like a hamburger. Uh, Psycho. Uh, if you were wondering, uh, and you might need this later on in life, who knows? But Probably here not. is the correct formal British way to eat a Kit Kat. I'm going to show you the formal British way to eat a Kit Kat. I remove the paper layer and place it onto the plate. And now I unwrap the foil section of the Kit Kat. I simply snap the Kit Kat in two, lift one section of the Kit Kat, placing the other section down on the plate, and then place it into my mouth in a small, neat, delicate bite to eat. One continues to eat the Kit Kat until the Kit Kat is fully consumed. And if you don't do that, public flogging. What else does she do? Like, who uses a plate? Well, it, you would if if someone served it to you, they would. You can't just serve it in its wrapper. No the queen's not going to go going through a purse. Going, I know I've got something in here. Hang on a second. <laughs> Pass the barley sugars and the Werther's originals, and then she finds a Kit Kat. Because there you go. Mm. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> now we know. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Hey, so I've uh, been doing uh, a few spots on the, the morning show, Channel yes. 7 morning show with uh, Larry and Kylie. And it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. And uh, there's good banter. Good banter. Um, but I've realised something. And what happens is um, they normally do three topics a segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do two topics. And then they show one of their infomercials. And then we come back for the third topic. And they're long infomercials, aren't they? Because yeah. they have someone on there interviewing. And they're going, oh, my God, it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. I tell you what. You can really tell their target demographic, too, because they're generally for beds that will help you get out of bed without having to do anything. Yes. Or cremation services. Or... How much stuff have you bought? Yeah. Well, this is a thing because normally, normally you would just breeze past them. You know, that's not the bit of the show you're watching. Obviously, it's what pays their bills, but you want to watch the actual stories. But because I'm sat there, and you have to be like, okay, they're going to come back to me at I any don't time. Know when they're coming back, so I have to sit there like I'm ready to go. And I, I have been watching these infomercials, and you do see some. You, there are some ones that you go, yeah, okay, like those. You see these ones. I don't know anyone that would buy one. You know those big the massage chairs that you have in the shopping centres. Yeah. Um, and but they're huge. And now there's these big pod ones you can get for your home. I mean, I'm sure it's comfortable, but where the heck would you put that? Well, I guess if you're watching TV all the time, you, oh, like, yeah. you like TV. I do like TV. If you put it in your lounge room and you're watching, you know, TV, because they're watching you stuff. That's the whole thing. Mm. They're watching TV in the morning. Mm. They might have a midday movie and they're watching it at night. Oh, so it's like it's like the um, people in Wally. They just sit in there. Um, I like those chairs that also get you up. Yeah. They, they sell like them the massage, too. Do they? And oh, then they yeah. get you up. You've yeah. got to remember, you're thinking from an aesthetic. <clears throat> Excuse me, an aesthetic point of view. And a size, yeah. There's a point, I reckon, in your life where, where you, you don't care. You give up on what the trend is. Mm. Yep. Your your house is just captured in a time, and then you just occasionally add ugly chairs. I'm fascinated by that as well. Yeah. I want to know at what age my style stops. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, when do you stop I buying? It's 50. You reckon? I, reckon I think 50 it, no, is I don't know. You... My mum still updates hers, and she's like 70. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But I would say that my nana stopped going to the shops. She was said that when she was 80, because mm. she was like, what's the point buying clothes? Mm. Like, yeah. I'm just going to die soon. She's 99 now, so that's really backfire. But there was one item on there that I went, oh, actually. It's, just happened, it's happened a couple of times, because I don't normally watch them, and they do a good job. And I was like, that's actually pretty sweet. Is it a fitness thing? No. Nah, well, I guess it could be used for fitness. It's more nutrition. Uh, it's this thing. Let me introduce you to the new incredible Kenwood Cooking Chef XL, the most versatile, technologically advanced stand mixer in the world. This award-winning mixer uses induction heating technology, which is extremely safe and energy efficient. Induction heating technology. That's the key to this thing because it is pretty much just a Nutribullet, right? You know, the Nutribullets where you put all your stuff in, mm. whizzes it up, you've got a smoothie. But this one heats it? This thing heats it. Yeah, induction's pretty good. We've got that on the hot plate. So you just so whack like all instant. your ingredients in, bazz it up, and then you've got soup. Is it just do soup? Well, you could do marinara sauce. You'd pasta sauces. Put it all in. It's hot. Pour it you over. You just the pasta. get your pasta sauce from a jar. But now I wouldn't. I would make it, or I could pour it into. Have the, you ordered it? I could pour it into the Nutribullet cold. 
whiz it up. Is this a saucepan or a microwave? You love a gadget. I you do love, love a gadget. gadget. Why don't you think that's a good idea? Imagine that on the go. You don't soup. need it, but you don't need it. But I, I want it. That's how often do you make soup? Um, well, that's the thing. It's a long effort. Normally, it's a slow cooking it's, job. You it's like take wasting hours. time. You're like that my dad. You try to minutes. fill your days, and you like doing it the long way around. But then constantly, you're buying things to make it shorter so that you've got extra time to fill with rubbish stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, I know where this is headed. Uh, mm. You're going to get to the point where you buy your soup in a can, Mm. but then just cook it in this thing so you're just still using it and it's not a waste of money. But then I also Did you order it? I'm on... Yep. (laughs) Has it come yet? Not yet. It's going to be great when it does. I'm actually losing money doing the morning show because I keep on buying all the stuff on the infomercials that I watch. Uh-huh. And then I realised, because I thought, at least this one's not targeted at their target audience. But I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, sure, if you pass if this you... up, this is the young ones. This one slipped through. But then I realised it's not. If you can't chew your food anymore, <laughs> mush it up into a liquid and drink your steak. And I'm like, sweet. So i got the bed coming, i got the massage chair, and I'm going to mush my food up. I'm retiring, guys. Uh... Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. You guys know that I uh, have a lot of deliveries that arrive because I like to buy everything online. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even buy um, dishwashing detergent. Fair enough. Online. It's cheap on eBay and it comes. And it makes you feel happy because you get little parcels. Uh, but my husband can see on the camera now, like I can see when he's home and all that, and he's getting annoyed because he goes, I can't lie. I'm like, why did you want to lie? Because I'll be like, I can see you. So now he just always goes, delivery man, <laughs> covers his face, puts it down, and then tries to hide to Jeez. come in. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> I can see you. Thanks. <laughs> but no thanks. You know, if you want it to rain, you're best to just get your car washed. Yeah. And get it washed professionally. You know, Hoppies, if it washes the next day, you can go and get it done again. Yes, mm-hmm. I heard that. That's why I look and I try to wash it before it rains. <laughs> so, so you can two washes. waste another hour the next day. Yeah, well, I've never gone back, <laughs> but it just yeah. feels like, ooh. But it's the same as yesterday. I was like, I'm going to give the car a bit of a vacuum. Mm. I'll just, you know, whip it around. I haven't done it in a while. But then that's the day that the kids decide Mm -hmm. to turn everything upside down. Mm. You know, the sand, bang, out of the shoes. It's always sand. Always sand. Sand. Always sand. And always crumbs. Mm. And you say, did you play in the sand pit today? And they go, no. No. You're like, that was three days ago. I can't help it, it's still in there. (laughs) Where's that from? Xander says to me, he goes, I haven't played in the sand pit since prep. I'm like, well, you've got three-year-old sand in those shoes, mate. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't know how this happened, but it's upset me. It only just occurred to me yesterday. I went out to um, the in-laws for a big birthday dinner. It was my wife's, her brother's and her dad's birthday all in this week. Did they get the photo? No, they didn't take a photo. They always take a photo at family um, gatherings, but they asked Dav to step to one side. They ask everyone who's not related by blood to get out of the photo, yes. Not just me, I'm saying. Otherwise known as Stav. Yeah, <laughs> and the rest. Um, but we got uh, pizza for dinner and we got Domino's. And it occurred to me, when did Domino's become the alpha? Because I used to get Pizza Hut all the time. And Is I love the Pizza Hut around? pizza. Yeah, they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here's two words that'll bring back memes. Mm. Eagle boys. Oh, yeah. They dominated for a bit. Yeah. There's crust. Yeah. They're fancy. They were like, they are when very you wanted fancy. like prawns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like real prawns. Yeah. Uh, um, but I loved I loved the pizza. Pepperoni was the best. And I realized when I was eating my Domino's that I haven't had it in a long time. Can't you make your own at Domino's? Couldn't you do a pepperoni? Well, you can get a pepperoni. It's just not a pizza. Yeah. I had it, would, you wouldn't be able to know the difference in it. A... Oh, please. There in we a, are in tomorrow. A, in a blind taste test. You Between could a Domino's pizza and a pizza pizza? 100%. <sighs> nah, that'd be a tough one. If you can pull that off. Mm. I'll be impressed. Okay. Remember, I got all the popcorns from all the movie uh, places, right? Mm, got a true. really sensitive tongue. <laughs> 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 thanks, but no thanks. Stab, Abby and Matt. Brisbane wakes up with Stab, Abby and Matt on B105.